Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. This is mini-sode number 72, uh, in which we will be talking about John G. Avildsen's Rocky, the best picture of 1976. Um, but before I do that, I wanted to talk about a few things. Number one, um, there are a few articles on morethanonelesson.com. One was written by Reed Lackey, in which he discusses the recent passing of uh, Wes Craven. And he talks about what that, what Wes Craven meant to him as a film goer. As you may recall, Reed is uh, a big uh, horror movie guy, as you will soon discover uh, when Halloween times comes around, and you you're going to hear a lot of Reed, um, not a lot of Josh though. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's a, but and it's because you're a, a fearful person, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, uh, a weakling. You might say. Sure. Absolutely. A, uh, absolutely. Some kind of poindexter. Pansy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. I look at you and I see all of that. That's what I... I look at your cool long hair and I think you're not fooling anybody. I mean, that's what people on the street tell me. No, I wish, <laughs> listeners, I wish you had seen that and also you should be happy you didn't. Uh, he just flipped his hair back like some kind of uh, male bimbo. He's a mimbo, as oh. they say in Seinfeld. Um, so uh, you can find that. And then Josh, our own Josh Long, who's here right now. Josh. That's me. He uh, wrote an, a rather in-depth response to that uh, that horrendous BuzzFeed uh, video, <laughs> which is I'm a, which is called "I'm a Christian, but I'm not," or as I like to say, "I'm a Christian, but I'm not." That's uh, <laughs> that's the way I I like to look at it, and that sounds terrible, and that's a little judgmental of me to say it, but you know, I, hey, what can I say? I'm I'm not one of those people, so I guess I'm pretty judgmental. <laughs> um, it, I thought it was funny that the. <laughs> the way like the way the link comes through yeah on youtube if you send it to anybody it leaves it because there's like a dot 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 at yeah. the end and it just leaves it off i don't know if that's just like some kind of formatting thing it is so, a formatting thing yes it just looks like i'm a christian but i'm not yeah and, and just I, like it's like sorry know. not sorry you know yeah um i think it's funny that it came out that way but yeah so uh the which is even funnier when they, they have other videos that are like i'm asian but i'm not yeah it's like, what are you trying to what does pull that mean? here? <laughs> is this going to be some kind of Mission Impossible where you pull a mask <laughs> off? Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, that uh, if you haven't seen that video, check it out, and maybe you will not be as angry about it as I am. Uh, I it's more more than anything, it's just the tone. I don't want to speak ill of any of the people in the video. It's more just the general tone of the video and BuzzFeed's instinct to make the video, which you also speak to. Uh, in the article. So you can go to more than one lesson.com and read those. Um, and then also, so this will be going up late Thursday night, early Friday. Uh, so if you're hearing this and you are in the Los Angeles or Orange County area, uh, Saturday, this Saturday, the 19th is Alpha Omega Con. It's in La Mirada. It's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at uh, Redeemer Church. If you go to alphaomegacon.com, uh, that will give you all of the information. Uh, More Than One Lesson will have a booth there, so you can come by and talk to me. I know that friend of the show, Doug Jones, will also have a booth. You can go uh, get hugged probably several times by him. Um, it's entirely possible he'll he'll hug you and uh, not stop. Mm -hmm. you, you might just be dragging him around yeah. as like some kind of weird cosplay. For the rest of the time. For the rest, oh, man, that'd be awesome. He commits. Um, uh, yeah, he's absolutely. If anybody commits, <laughs> it's Doug Jones. Look at the stuff that he wear, that he has to wear. Um but uh, but on top of that, uh, I will also be hosting a panel uh, at twelve thirty in room two hundred about the role of discernment 
uh, and personal conviction in our approach to art in general and film specifically. Uh, on the panel will be friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Uh, Reed will be on the panel, as will uh, former guest uh, Bill Oberst Jr., along with, uh, along with uh, several others um, who uh, we've not had, had on the show, so I'm not even going to bother saying their names. But... Um, but they're inter- they're interesting, intelligent people. <laughs> so um, so I'm excited about that. It's at 12:30. Uh, please do come, uh, if for no other reason than just to fill some seats, because I don't want I don't want any of my panelists feeling bad that they made all drove all the way to La Mirada and nobody showed up. So if you don't come there, you're hurting the feelings of all those panelists. Yes, and me. Let's not forget you are hurting my feelings as well. Do you want to hurt Tyler's feelings, listeners? It's it's not hard to do. But you can avoid it. But you, but you know what? You still you don't have to steer right into the skid. There's, you there's a way to avoid it, and it's exactly. laid right out for you. Absolutely. Um, so okay, I think that is about it as far as uh, announcements. So we will go ahead and get into the minisode. Uh, so as as mentioned, we are talking about the 1976 Best Picture Rocky, directed by John G. Al- uh, Avildsen. and written by Sylvester Stallone. I always forget that he wrote this yeah, and, uh, by himself. I always assume that he co-wrote it, or it's like story by Sylvester Stallone, but seriously written by somebody else. No, uh, no he wrote this whole thing, uh, and clearly it was a passion project for him. Yeah. Um, and he stars in it along with Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith. The film won Best Picture, Director, and Editing. Uh, that is not really that many Oscars for a Best Picture winner. No, that's that's not actually just you know. Um, it was nominated for many more. But yeah, it only won those three. Hmm. Um, it was nominated for Best Actor, Best Actress for Talia Shire, Supporting Actor for Burgess Meredith, Supporting Actor for Burt Young, Original Screenplay, Sound, and Original Song. So it was a it was a big it was a big deal at the Oscars that year. Even though uh, it's clear that they tried to kind of spread the love around as far as the other nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first uh, first things first when talking about Rocky. Rocky is great. If you haven't seen Rocky because you think you know what Rocky is based on, I'll say, Rocky 3 or more more than likely Rocky 4 or 5, mm-hmm. um, go watch Rocky. It's way grittier. It's way darker. And Rocky is way less likable than you could ever think. Yeah. It is a really, I would say, great movie. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, And I think when I first watched it, I had that idea of it. I hadn't even seen any of the other sequels, but you have this idea of it. Like this kind of dumb franchise has been around for a long time. They just keep making more of them. And it's, uh, next one looks pretty good though. Really? It's called Creed. Mm -hmm. And it is about Apollo Creed's son played by Michael B. Jordan, who is now getting into boxing and Rocky is his trainer. So Rocky Mm -hmm. is now a supporting performance and it's from the director of Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. And the trailer makes it look like certainly a return to this. Hmm. Um, and it looks really intense. And, and I liked uh, Rocky Balboa, which came out almost about like nine years ago. That hmm. one's pretty good, too. But like they got pretty silly in the 80s. Yeah. And that's what I've heard. And you think of all like <laughs> I feel like when people think Rocky, uh, they might think there's a few like key things from the whole franchise that you think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's maybe him yelling Adrian, which yeah. is, a, that's a good moment and that's an earned it moment, is. I think, in the movie. But then you think of him like, uh, 
Is it? Is he pulling a truck through the snow or something in one of those? I believe that's in the fourth one when he's in Russia, and I okay. don't know if he's pulling a whole truck. I don't remember something that. like that, um, or like carrying huge logs. There's like a there's like a montage there. Uh, yes, where he's doing all. There's a lot of montages <laughs> in the Rocky series. True, um, and then you think Eye of the Tiger, which isn't from the first one, right? It is not. I believe it's from the second or third one. Isn't I don't remember it? exactly. Um, but clearly an iconic song can sit like that is the song of Rocky, even yeah. though it didn't show up until the the second. And I do, I do think it's the third film now that I think about it, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so those are what you think of. And maybe you think of him hitting slabs of beef. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of like kind of silly things that go along with it. So that's what I, that's what I thought of going into it. Yeah. Um, and it's a different type of movie. Like, free from all the stuff of the uh of the sequels i think it's a i think it's a very good movie well and just there's so much like you have an idea it's like okay rocky he's just an every man you know he's just uh who who wants his shot at the dream the american dream you know mm-hmm. and then adrian is the is the the woman who sticks by his, his side Okay, that is what it became. Here's what it starts as. Rocky's an idiot. He's not a smart person. And he's like a loan shark, right? Or no, he, no, he, he's he an works enforcer. for loan he's sharks. He's a mob enforcer. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's his job. Yeah. He has two turtles named Cuff and Link. That's how clever Rocky is. <laughs> um, Adrian is a mousy, awkward woman oh, yeah. who is hardly the the beacon of strength that we come to think of her as. Yeah. Their exchanges with each other are are awkward and uncomfortable. You, you're not a hundred percent sure why they're with each other, except maybe just to stave off loneliness. And there's a lot of stuff. I feel like there's a lot of question of whether she even really is with him kind of. Yeah. Like there's clearly something going on there, but it feel it, it almost feels like it could be one of those things where they started hanging around a lot and then he just kind of assumed they were dating and she's like, yeah. I, no, I never said yeah. that. Cause again, he's dumb. He's not very smart, <laughs> you know, but then you also have, so, his uh, his trainer is played by Burgess Meredith, and you also okay. I'm sure you guys have a certain idea, maybe Rip Torn and Dodgeball of like the gristled uh, mm-hmm. uh, trainer. Burgess Meredith plays him as a very as a tough as nails, but deep down a very desperate, sad old man mm-hmm. who. You know, as he's like, he's like, I don't, it's like, I don't need your Rocky. And then when Rocky leaves him, he's like, uh, okay, no, I do need you. I'm sorry. This is all I have. And it's like, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. Burt Young plays, uh, Adrian's brother and he is, he is a complete sleazeball. He might be the only person dumber than Rocky, uh, <laughs> who is like kind of abusive and he's just a, just an oaf. Like these are not perfect people they are not even really that likable yeah but they are sympathetic yeah um they're flawed in the way that i think a person can might be able to understand Mm -hmm. um but it's just and by the way i'm not i'm i'm not going to do this any justice at all but uh doug benson does an impression of burt young in rocky (laughs) and it involves so the he he tells someone you have to be rocky and you have to tell me (laughs) I think I'm going to fight again. And so 
the person says, I think I'm going to fight again. And then Doug will pour water all over his head because uh, Polly, played by Burt Young, is perpetually sweaty. <laughs> and he, so he'll pour water on his head and be like, oh, are you crazy? And he'll just like use that very high-pitched, mumbly voice that Burt Young has. And it's, uh, it's hilarious. So that's what I think of when I think of Burt Young. Um, but it's just like, yeah, these are not... And then there's Carl Weathers, uh, who plays Apollo Creed, who's kind of kind of a Muhammad Ali surrogate yeah. as far as his attitude and stuff. He's, he's very full of himself, yeah. the character. And well, he's full of himself, but he also is not paying attention <laughs> to Rocky at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I do like about the series in general is the way they went on to develop the character of Apollo Creed, which I like a lot. Hmm. And, and that's actually, I think what for me will be interesting about the new film is we have an association with Apollo Creed as well. And so for this kid to be talking about, you know, his father, it's like, oh, yeah, I know. I know your dad. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, he's not actually he's, none of these are real people, you know, but this kid has memories and we have memories. And it's just a I'm intrigued by how it's going to how the movie's going to feel more it's than weird. I, I, I don't feel like. I don't feel like you could make this movie today. And I know that that kind of like doesn't mean a lot just to say because everything, everything changes, but I, I don't know. There's something about like the quality of this kind of, there's a certain kind of movie from the seventies. Oh, sure. That I don't think can be made anymore for, for one reason or another. And th- this is like all of those kind of like messy, dirty movies of the seventies, but has an uplifting ending, which is, I think, I think that's one of the reasons it got, uh, so much that kind of mix of critical acclaim and yeah. uh, po- popular acclaim. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it's got that, it's got a happy ending. Well, sort of a happy ending. Yeah, it has a, I mean, it has a, certainly a hopeful ending. Yeah. I mean, it has a, I'll say this, a triumphant ending. H- happier than two of the other, uh, at least two of the other key uh, Indeed, films yes. that were nominated that year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a, like that triumphant nature and stuff to it, which I think it gives it the popular appeal, but the, but it still had that, that like you said gritty earlier. And I, I don't feel like they can do that, that sort of seventies grit now. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's the visual. I don't know if it's the actual look of the film. I don't know if it's just, well, I, I feel like st- when I, stuff I see today, when they talk about it being gritty, it looks like manufactured grit. It looks like theater grit. I feel like it's still possible, but it's you, you can't find it in studios. Like, for example, no. I feel like Winter's Bone, there's a there's a sheen on it, but it's pretty gritty. Like, these characters, just the way they dress, it's not like they're, there's a difference between, like, uh, like uh, characters that are, that are shabbily dressed in a way that's like, okay, a costume designer really went to work on them. Right. And more just, okay, we went shopping at Walmart. And uh, we got you some clothes and that's what you're going to be wearing because that's what your character would be wearing. Yeah. Something like that. Or maybe even like Martha Marcy May Marlene. I feel like there's maybe a, certain, a little bit. I feel like you have to go independent with it. Yeah. I'm thinking of like Bellflower. I don't know if you ever saw that I movie, but that. that movie feels really just kind of gross and messy. But that that there's also a clear visual style they're going for there. I, I don't know. And I think the early from, films of uh, David Gordon Green maybe uh, were this as well, like George Washington and. And even undertow, but that's bit. a little bit stylized. But even too. even those are more like, I feel like those are on that same spectrum. But I think of them more as like shabby, sort of. Does sure. that make sense? Because um, uh, I agree that all those films seem real in their kind of messiness, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that. I don't know, and maybe it's just that cities in America have changed. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's well, just, it could be that. It's worth noting that, like, um, 
this was the same year as Taxi Driver, and I know that uh, Rocky doesn't take place in New York, but just like northeastern cities at the time, there was certainly an idea of them. And it's worth it. Uh, so Rocky, anytime I talk about it over Battleship Retention, David and I wind up having the same conversation, which is Rocky is one of those movies, much like a movie that came out, I think, uh, a year later called Saturday Night Fever. We have culturally an idea of what these movies are mm. because of the uh, because of what culture has turned them into. But if you go back and look at them, Saturday Night Fever is a very it's it's exactly like Rocky. Yeah, it's, it's, that's I think when we talked about that on the on the we probably must have met, touched on it in the last minute. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's in my Netflix queue. I, I have wanted to see it for a while and never got to. So that's coming it's, to me soon. It's really, really great, but it's also that one doesn't really have that happy of an ending or and these characters aren't very happy and they're not remarkably likable either. It is not a yeah, it is not just a this fun dance fest. Like you, when you realize that the dancing is that dancing is all these characters are good at and the only time they ever feel genuinely alive and worth something, suddenly the dancing has more more yeah. of a, a tone to it than it would uh, in a vacuum. And that's definitely a similar character too because he is a he is another dumb character. Another you know, just dumb, well, Italian character, honestly, <laughs> just a certain type of urban mook kind of character. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, I can't, I mean, there's not much else to say aside. I will say that like Sylvester Stallone, I think is an intelligent person. And so for him to play, I mean, I feel like you have to have a certain degree of intelligence to be able to write a well-formed screenplay. You know what I mean? Like I think so. It, it's weird though. I go back and forth on that because people make so many jokes about him being kind of a dumb person, and mm-hmm. like a lot of the characters he plays are sort of just muscle-headed yeah. dummies, and it almost tempts you to wonder: Is this just? Uh, is this something written by a person who sees this guy as cool and like? You know, he doesn't have everything together, but like, is the, is the writer someone who thinks that the two turtles named Cuff and Link is clever? Like, that's true. It could, could it be? be his own turtles that, named Cuff and Link? <laughs> that's no. what I don't know. Like, it, yeah. it, could it really be some element of that? And I don't know too much about Sylvester Stallone as a human being, so that may be completely off base. But yeah, and the the question, the answer could be definitely maybe because I feel like if you had somebody who genuinely looked at Rocky as a dumb guy, he would have been written as a dumb guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's dumb in a way that's completely that by the way makes him completely functional. Right. And he's he's a completely uh capable adult. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think a lot of people anytime you try to write a dumb person, you overwrite the dumbness and you make them just like just perpetually confused or something like right, that. Right, right. I, I'm thinking of the guy from uh from Annie Hall who's outside the movie theater who who we sure. were just talking about the other day, the dumb uh, the cast of the Godfather guy, I'll be singing over here like that. I that feel, kind of character. <laughs> that yeah, just a, a very extreme. When I think of dumb characters written well, I think of Rocky and I think of William Hurt in Broadcast News. Yeah, yeah, Do you remember that's a him good one too. Yeah, we're just because it's like being dumb doesn't mean you're unaware. Yeah, his character he knows that he doesn't have what it takes, especially in the field that he's in, and yeah. so or, and, then, uh, and then he's trying. Is it? I always forget his name. Is it Chris Klein in uh, Election? Sure, that's absolutely. One who's yeah. similar like that too? Like he's very likable, but like he's he's clearly not. Yeah, he's not he's not all there. He's just kind of dumb. And you know, and it's and it's a weird thing because I feel like 
in in what I think is probably a rare moment of of optimism for me, when I hear that someone is dumb, I tend to feel like, well, sure, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I'm sure they're smart about something. Everybody's smart about something. I'm dumb about a lot of things. So it's just like, so I'm sure this dumb person isn't really that dumb. But every once in a while in life, I have met somebody who is not smart. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, and I really try to think like, well, surely in a different setting, in a different context, they would have me beat in any number of ways. And that, it, that might actually be true. But when it comes to like basic information processing, I realize like, Oh, okay. I see what this looks like. And I feel bad saying this because you and I have just implied that we are not dumb. You <laughs> well, know what of I course mean? not. But we smart. We're the best. Um, <laughs> we're the best ones out there in the world of podcasting. The bestests. Um, but yeah. And so, uh, but it's, I feel bad that we've talked so much about the character of Rocky being dumb, but I feel like that's, that's, it's something that needs to be emphasized because people have come to see Rocky as this, as purely inspirational as like Captain America is like, but he's a, he, in the, in the film, he is a sympathetic and likable lunkhead who just doesn't, there's a reason that he is where he is in his life. And it's yeah. because he does not really know anything else. And then thankfully there is a sport that's violent enough to, <laughs> to elevate him out of his, his, uh, circumstances. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very, I, I think it's a, a really great film and one that I think a lot of people can relate to maybe not even this in the specifics, but in the generality, yeah. um, just looking at your life and being like, what, how did I even get here? Mm-hmm. And then like looking for that opportunity and, you know, and that's, uh, and the whole the whole thing in the film is he, he wants to go the distance, which basically means he wants to go twelve rounds with the champ. Mm-hmm. Not even he's not even saying win. Yeah, he just wants to go the distance. And then when you say that, there, there's there's almost a, a a sad quality to that because it's almost like it's like well certainly I can't win, obviously I can't win, but maybe I can go as far as I can go and not win. Cause that's the best I can ever hope for. Like there's mm-hmm. a sadness in that and yeah. accepting of one's own inevitability of failure. Yeah. But there's also the hope in being able to do that, being yeah. able to go the distance. There's still an, someone everyone would say is better than you. Right. There's still a level of aspiration to it. And then there's, and, and then there's, there's him setting a goal and following that goal. And it's something that it. I mean, he is a dynamic character in that, in that he's never done anything. Uh, he's never had any kind of uh, drive before. He's never really yeah. achieved anything. And this is, we see him coming out of that to, you know, to achieve a goal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's, there's, that, that's one of the things I think that makes it relatable. And there's, some, there's something very American about the movie mm-hmm. in general. Um, I think the sort of overcoming overwhelming odds is something that just Americans yeah. like in movies. I think that's something in our, in our uh, culture as a whole that we, that we really value. There's definitely an individual individualism to it. Well, and I think there's this idea of, yes, if you work hard, maybe that's, maybe that won't get you to be the world champion or anything like that. But the issue that like, there's the American idea of if opportunity knocks, how hard are you willing to work? Yeah when the time comes, will you be able to seize upon it? Yeah. And, you know, recognizing it when it shows up and, yeah. and not being simply content to be where you are for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, 
so it's uh yeah i'll say it again it's a really good movie we should move on um listeners if you haven't seen it seek it out you will be very pleasantly surprised by yeah how good it is. i would agree other best picture nominees include network taxi driver all the president's men and bound for glory i have not seen bound for glory i've heard it is very very good that's the only one i haven't seen um so what i will say is uh Rocky having a triumphant ending, having a hopeful ending, and being just kind of a generally optimistic film, uh, one with, I think, a very clear-eyed view of reality, but still an optimistic film, uh, puts it very much at odds with the rest of these Best Picture winners, (laughs) where you have Network, maybe one of the most cynical films ever made, Mm -hmm. Taxi Driver, uh, maybe one of the most pessimistic films ever made and all the president's men, which is, I wouldn't say optimistic or pe- there's an optimism to it in the sense of like, Hey, look at what can happen with uh, two people who put their minds to it, but also, Hey, look at the immense amount of corruption that our country just endured. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so looking, and then I, again, I've heard really good things about bound for glory. Um, but, uh, so looking at these, I will say that of the, so of the four films I've seen, I think I would personally, as best picture, I think I would probably pick Network Taxi Driver or All the President's Men, all of them, over Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't say that lightly. I just told everybody Rocky's a great movie. Yeah. But the- but I but I don't think it's as good as Network. I don't think it's as good as Taxi Driver, and I don't think it's as good as All the President's Men. This is that that is a very strong uh, yeah pool for best picture winner like. I'm hard pressed to think of another one where that many in the uh, uh, 75 will will hit you pretty well. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I was. Yeah, 75 is pretty good. 75 is maybe better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, and I think it speaks to you know you and I talk about how the Oscars represent the time and you know we've talked about the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well, we are now firmly into the 70s, where yeah. deeply cynical, pessimistic films gritty films are being nominated for best picture yeah now admittedly rocky wins over them right even that film is gritty and right awkward at times yeah i think there's you've got the whole just the whole uh specter of watergate over everything Mm -hmm. and then you've got you know economics problems uh you know a lot of downturns and a lot of a lot of ways in the country and uh, post Vietnam, you know, there's so th- there's a lot of things that people were not a lot of things that made Americans not happy people during the seventies. I mean, we don't need to tell them things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Mm-hmm. People are either out of work or scared of losing their jobs. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Okay, I'm going into a network uh, a network <laughs> monologue, um, but le- like that's that's one of the reasons that network was so popular mm-hmm. and it won several Oscars. Yeah, it won three of the four acting Oscars and original screenplay. And I think that screenplay, you know, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Like that became one of the most memorable lines in movie history mm-hmm. and one that really captured. Yeah. That's the thing. These are angry movies. Network, Taxi yeah. Driver, All the President's Men, there's an anger to them. Totally, yeah. And a f- deep frustration with where the country has gone. Yeah. Um, and I think, and when I look at that as opposed to what Rocky is, which is, Yes, things are bad and they can be really bad for you, but we still got to believe in the American dream and we'll be okay. And whereas, 
you know, you look at the rise of Rocky Balboa and you look at the rise of Howard Beale and, uh, yeah. very, very different. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I, I'd be fine with any of those other three winning over Rocky, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Rocky winning, I'm fine with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm okay with that too. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be hard to pick one of the others. Yeah. Um, I think my preference would be network, but I think an argument would probably be made for taxi driver. Yeah. And I've seen network more recently than taxi driver. So I feel like I'm leaning towards network now, but I, I taxi driver is a movie that would really be good for me to see again sometime soon. I think, cause that's, that's, it's interesting to think a lot of these movies deal with a, a fascinating layered kind of unknowable character, you know, yeah. like I feel like you've got that in Rocky. You definitely got that in Travis Bickle. I think you've, in, I think you've got that in Howard Beale a little sure. bit. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that is interesting that there's something in that. Cause they're, some I guess you could kind of characterize them as anti-heroes a little bit too. Oh, Certainly sure. Travis Bickle. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, when you look at any of the characters in Network, I mean, none of them are heroic. Yeah. Like by any stretch, there's like, no one really to root for in that. I mean, movie. there's William Holden, who is seen as like the guy clinging to the idea of like j- real news. Then he goes and cheats on his wife. Right. You know? um, and he and really he's he's in it for himself too. Like yeah. the, the idea of old news he wants because that's his bread and butter. Like yeah. <laughs> things are shifting away from him and what he wants and what will bring him, yeah. you know, the both a job and kind of fame. And Woodward and Bernstein and all the president's men regularly throughout the film, they're talking about like following the story, but they will sometimes say like it's like, hey, we just found out this, and I think we should talk to this guy before the New York Times does. Like, it's very clear that like they know what they're onto, and they know what it will do for them yeah. specifically to break yeah. this story. Um, so yeah, there is a there is definite a definite cynicism there, even in the characters that we're meant to root for. I don't know yeah. if we're ever meant to root for Travis Bickle, but you know. Uh, whereas we can at least take pleasure in the in the in the truthiness of what Howard Beale is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I will say that uh, as a big fan of Network, I do feel like Howard Beale is not a lead. I think William Holden is yeah, a lead. I think no. Faye Dunaway is a lead. I think Howard Beale uh, uh, is, uh, Peter Finch's character is somewhere in between lead and supporting. Especially when you realize that Beatrice Strait for her, her eight minutes in Network, one for supporting Ned Beatty for his eight minutes of work was nominated for supporting. So when you look at like those supporting performances, well... Mm-hmm. Howard Beale is certainly more than that. Yeah. But I, he doesn't have any kind of arc. No, he, he's I think crazy. Crazy people can't have arcs. Yeah. He's, I think he, I think he might be the central character of the movie, but I don't think yeah. he's a lead. Like, I think it revolves around him and what, ha- what he does and what happens to him. Yeah. He's a, he's a catalyst that all the other characters respond to. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say, but that's a, that's a conversation for another time. So, um, looking at other notable 1976 releases, uh, it becomes very clear to me that the movie's not like there were a handful of really, really great nominatable films and they were nominated. Um, there are some good movies in 1976, but they're just not best picture material. Mm. Um, I've never been a big fan of the omen, but I know a lot of people do like it. I do like assault on precinct 13. I love the bad news bears. Uh, the documentary Harlan County USA came out that year Mm. in the realm of the senses is a, 
<laughs> divisive but, film, to yeah. say the least. Um, Killing of a Chinese Bookie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's marvelous. I think that's in keeping with the tone that we've been talking about too. About no question about, about the country and yeah, um, and that's another kind of unknowable sort of crazy person character. Yeah. Um, I never saw the man who fell to earth. Um, I have seen the shootest. I have seen the shootest, which is, uh, John Wayne's last film. I have not seen that one. It's really good. He's really great in it. Um, but yeah, it's just, and then you get the tenant, which is Roman Polanski film. It's really good. Um, so there's, there's a number of films that are, that are notable and that people remember. Uh, there's Buffalo Bill and the Indians, which is Robin, uh, sorry, Robert uh, Altman film that I have not seen. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think any of these, with the possible maybe exception of killing of the Chinese bookie or maybe even in the realm of the senses, but Logan's like run. I've never seen Logan's run. I don't even really know what it's about. I've just heard of it. What's uh, it about? Logan's runs the one where when you turn 30, uh, a thing starts flashing in your hand oh. and they send you to somewhere where they, uh, they're going to like, I think they tell them they're going up to like the next level or something like that, but they just kill everyone who, oh. who gets over at 30. So, so that the entire, uh, world is is perpetually a a like young people's world yeah you and i would be dead yep unless we run like logan did Uh, i'm not much of a runner can there be it can be like logan's drive (laughs) logan's roll yeah logan's Um, uh logan's cross-country flight (laughs) but uh, that's a a, it's a pretty silly movie there's a lot of like weird drug trippy parts in it where they're like, it's, uh, everyone's into this, uh, psych- psychedelic thing, aren't they? It's yeah. like, well, maybe about 10 years ago, but nice yeah. try. Yeah. When we get to, uh, Charlie, we'll talk about that. Have oh, you ever seen right. Charlie? No, I haven't. He, it didn't win best picture. It did win best actor. He won. Yeah. Um, for Cliff Robertson. Yeah. But, uh, have you read the play flowers for Algernon? I have not, but I know what it's about. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Time. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, we're good. So obviously, the the question that we always ask is, you know, if somebody said, "Hey, I'm going to see Rocky. I haven't seen it before. Would we warn them away from it?" Obviously, absolutely not. No, we'd say you should have seen it earlier. Yes, but uh, we're not going to shame you. Go watch it now and enjoy yourself. So I think that is it. Um, Next week, you know what? I won't say what next week's episode is because it's not set in stone yet. And uh, next week we might wind up talking about the next best picture. So we'll see Mm -hmm. how it goes. Um, Yeah, uh, I think that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.